0: Welcome to Leaders Recon, where we will be discussing leadership, warrior skills, and other unique opportunities within the G3 leader development branch. I'm your host, Joshua Carr, and today we're going to be discussing the best warrior competition with none other than the 2019 best warrior competition winner, Staff Sergeant Eric Friedland. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So, before we dive into the best warrior competition and how that experience was for you. Um, You know give us a little bit of your background. I know you were a Pennsylvania Guardsman for your whole career up so far but what's like like, what's a fun unusual fact about you from uh, Your time in the guard up to this point Uh,
1: Fun, unusual I don't know if it's really unusual, but being in the guard I've had the opportunity to compete in some active component competitions being uh, the best warrior and then also best ranger uh, 2016 my partner, Major Killian, and I were able to be the first guard team uh, to actually win the best ranger competition in his 33 years. So. First ever? First ever guard, yep. Wow. That, I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal, right? It, it was a big deal, yeah. It was hard fought. It was, uh, it was great to experience that. And um, I, don't know, I wish I, we could do it again. But uh, right now, there's a, there's a ban on how many times you can compete in the best ranger competition. So as soon as I lift that ban... Uh, I'd like to do it at least one more time because it's, it's it's a great time. It's very grueling, but so rewarding when it's done. Yeah, I can't imagine. There's got to be a bunch of cool opportunities that come with that as well. Yes. Um, yeah, I was working down at the Warrior Training Center. Um, so I got the opportunity to work at the Warrior Training Center because I had previously done Best Ranger. Um, while down there, I had the opportunity to broaden my career more. I got Master Fitness Trainer Instructor Certified. I uh, got to help uh-huh. out with a a pre-pre-Ranger program, taking volunteers right out of basic training, training them up and sending them a ranger school. Um, so you helped, and that was called like the Ranger- the Ranger Trainer. Team Leader Initiative, or okay. RTL, RTLI program. Um, it's still going on down there at the Warrior Training Center, it's still
0: being, it's very successful. So you helped stand that up then, or be part of that team that did that? Yes, yes sir, yep. That's really cool.
1: It was a fun time, because I got to uh, actually train with the volunteers, uh, the soldiers. Uh, I was out there doing all the runs with them, doing the rucks with them, taking them out, teaching them land nav stuff. So it was great for me to stay in shape and, like, you know, uh,
0: sharpen up all my skills so I could pass it on to them. So it was a good time. So now you're back in the state of Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. You're um, Title 32 AGR, right? That's right. Now, what's your role up there in Pennsylvania?
1: So right now, I'm uh, an 11 Bravo or an Infantryman Advanced Leader Course Instructor. So it's another step in the NCRS process. Um, E-5s or E-6s um, have to come through this course, and they have to graduate before they can get promoted. Um, If they're already an E-6 or a Staff Sergeant, they have to complete the course, so that way they don't lose their rank. If they're an E-5 or a Sergeant, they have to complete the course to get promoted
0: to Staff Sergeant. Okay, So you're you're an instructor there, and then What units have you been a part of within the Pennsylvania National Guard or have you changed at all? Uh, I've changed a few times. I started with uh, Alpha Company 1st of the 110th,
1: part of 2nd Brigade, so that was out in western Pennsylvania. Um, I was going to school out there and um, I joined to help pay for college and then um, I transitioned to um, division, the 20th Infantry Division, and then I went down to the Warrior Training Center down in Georgia and now I'm back up where I'm teaching now at the RTI, which is the 166 Regiment
0: uh, Maneuver Element. So you've done a little bit of everything then. I tried to, yeah. Yeah. So uh, getting into the best warrior competition then, what is, you know, can you give us an an overview, I guess, of like what is the best warrior competition specifically? And um, I know you competed, you said, a couple times?
1: Um, The best warrior competition, it's an annual competition. It's broken up into two categories. There's a soldier of the year category, so E4s and below, or Mm -hmm. specialists and below. And then there's the NCO category, so corporal, technically, um, or sergeants and above to uh, sergeant first class can compete in it. And it's a a very long process because there's multiple stages that you have to get through to advance to the all army um which is held here in dc and that's usually october every year um but to start you start at the very low level Um, when i started it for soldier of the year i had to compete against other people in my company um basically like
0: a board process Mm -hmm. just general knowledge army knowledge um now is that kind of standard across the board or is it or is it like every unit might do the first rounds a little bit differently or how does that look
1: i think it varies i've talked to people that have done it in other states um our state pennsylvania you do a board, a presentation board. So where you wear your ASU, um, you're in front of a board and you get asked general knowledge questions all the way up to the battalion level. Um, After that, you not only do the board, but now you start doing other physical events. You'll either do, back then it was the APFT. um, For this year, we did the ACFT. um, You'll do land nav, ruck marches, uh, qualification ranges. So you do a lot more warrior tasks associated as you get higher up in the levels. I know the active component, um, they do it slightly differently. Like every level is kind of more strenuous. Like they don't just have a board. Okay. They'll do a board with physical events. Um, other National Guard states, same way. They'll do board and physical events at the lower level. And they just have either the funding or the resources to to do that the whole way through.
0: And it's all in sections, right? So like if you're you're an individual E-4 and below, you're competing against all the other E-4s and below who have made it up to that echelon, right? That's right. So as you went through some of those echelons were, you know, you mentioned the board events and some of those knowledge and the physical stuff. Did it continue to grow as you went through that process? Yes.
1: Um, even, even from the, the company to the battalion board, um, the amount of members on the board increased. So then that meant more questions were asked of you. So there was, I mean, I had like a thousand note cards. I was trying to memorize all of them to, uh, just stay fluent in all the different areas. Um, it's, it's a lot of information, but you try to pick out what you think is going to be most important, um, general knowledge type stuff. And then same thing with when you moved from each level, the amount of physical exertion needed or the physical activities increase. Uh, you're doing more shooting, um, more rucking, more land nav. Um, it just the funding as you go up higher, there's more funding for it. So the competition gets longer and longer. Uh, the all army one was over a week long and we started at um fort lee and then we moved up or then we went to ap hill and we finished here at the pentagon so there's oh, wow. multiple stages and just a lot longer
0: so could you give us kind of a play-by-play of you know a best warrior competition you know go through the events and, and your experience as you went through what a competition looks like typically um, for the most part on the national guard
1: side Uh, like I said, our state didn't really start doing physical stuff until after battalion, but from battalion, state, regional and national, uh, normally you always start with some sort of physical fitness test. So, um, we were doing the APFT and we were doing the ACFT. Uh, so normally you do that, get that out of the way. Um, then we would move into range time. So we would do either, uh, we would qualify with an M4, uh, and then move on to pistol. We would qualify with our pistol um there would be a grenade lane uh sometimes there might be a crew served weapon or uh either 240 or a 50 cal or maybe even a a 249 are you just like qualifying on the weapon systems or so at the at the national level um i'll take like from the national level for the national guard we were just qualifying on those weapon systems um or there was um so the rets where the targets pop up and you shoot them and go back down. It was kind of very task condition standard based. All the all the all the different events you would do, you were given a task, you were given the conditions and the standards to do it, and then how well you did those determined your ranking and placement. Um, and then that was like for after that, then you do a land nav course. We did day land nav, and then we went into night land nav. They were two separate events. Um, there was a a ruck march usually. Sometimes they'll tell you the distance, other times they won't tell you, that they'll say it's unknown, but it's usually over 12 miles. I think at the national level it was just 15 and a half, somewhere around there, miles. Um, and then uh, there's optional courses built in there that you would do either before or after the the road march. Sometimes there would be, uh, they, they would call it a mystery event. Usually everyone has a mystery event. Um, at the national level, the mystery event was there's a... Um, A giant compound like buildings of of town out there and they've got either a down pilot you got to go retrieve you got to interact with role players and it's just you by yourself and you're clearing these buildings and like i said you're you're having to interact with uh the role players to try to get to this down pilot apply cls or your combat lifesaver skills call up a, a nine line medevac get them out of there that sort of thing same thing it's all task condition standards like you know what the standard is going into it and then it's just a matter of can you remember it and execute everything, um, according to standard to get ranked. Um, and then usually the very last thing is the, well, I guess this national, this year nationals, they kind of put it in the middle, um, of the knowledge base. We changed, we came out of the field, changed out of our, our uniform and put on our, our army, our ASUs, you know, our, our nice uniform. And, uh, we had to answer all those general knowledge questions. And then they also inspected our uniform and make sure it was all squared away. Um, so it's not that hard to prepare for because everything is task condition standard based. When you got to the all army, the asymmetric warfare group ran it in Virginia. So it was completely different. All that task condition standards thrown out the window. They were, the role players were very good. Um, they stayed in character very well. Um, and it was, instead of task condition standards, they created these scenarios um that you had to interact with and it was almost like Dungeons and dragon sort of thing like if you did this the role players were going to act a certain way if you did something else yeah. they were going to act a different way so that was much harder i would say to train specifically for because you don't you had no idea what were, what scenario you were going to be thrown into usually within the scenario there were some common soldier um tasks that like if you remembered you should do them correctly but like you said having that human interaction kind of threw things yeah. Just it, it made things difficult for people if they weren't prepared for it. Um, but then there was still a a ruck march that you had to do. Um, there was still the the ASU inspection, but you had the Sergeant Major of the Army on your board. You had all these other top command sergeant majors on the board, so the stress level was a little, yeah. Higher. How was that experience? Uh, that experience, I don't know, the Sergeant Major of the Army, I don't know if everybody really likes me. He made it, he was, he was, uh, During the board, it seemed like he was trying to do whatever he could to get a rise out of you or to throw you off. Um, Normally, the boards are very uh, professional. You're the president of the board. Everyone's very quiet. They wait their turn, ask your questions. But he was over there. He was already like leaning over, talking, typing on a computer, giggling while you're answering questions, trying to throw you off because it's making you think like, "Uh oh, this guy's making fun of me because I've messed up or I didn't answer correctly. So it was just a mind game he was playing. So it made it it, made it interesting, it made it fun, huh. um, but very stressful because it's Sergeant Major of the Army, you know? So um, it, it, the All-Army is just very different, like you said, to prepare for. If you train hard for the National Guard level and you're, you make it to the National Guard level, you, you're still set up for success with the All-Army. Um, like you say, I said, I didn't win it, but got third. You know, it's still not too bad. Bronze is new gold. Um, I was prepared for the Aral Army based off of the competitions I'd done. That you have done so far. so far. Yes.
0: So then can you kind of give us an overview? I mean, you competed, you won the competition. Can you give us an overview of you know, why is it important for soldiers to compete like in, in the competition? Or why is the competition process important for that?
1: I think that... Uh, Competition process, like um, people have said it before, competition helps breed excellence. Um, it, our our job, we most people have the mindset that they're very competitive. Um, by doing these competitions, at least for a guardsman, it gave me more opportunities than I would really than I would have with just my unit to get good training in. Um, because there were train ups associated with each one, I got more range time. I got more uh, obstacle course training. I got to do more land nav training the amount of training that I did in even for best ranger that we would do for two months was way more than what I would do even for two years with a, a traditional M-day guard unit. So it's the opportunity to get more training. And then of course, I mean, everyone should not want to be mediocre. Yeah. They're, they're striving to be the best that they can. So having that, um, establishing that credibility with then, as I progress through the ranks, I had soldiers under me, um, I had that credibility. I had that that empathy because I'd been in those um, grueling situations.
0: So I was able to to try to transfer, like bring knowledge. value add back to your unit. Basically, exactly. I, I remember. So I had a when I was a platoon leader, I had a, a NCO that competed in the best warrior competition, and that guy was SME on like everything we had in our my platoon, um, just because he had been through different iterations of it up to mm-hmm. a certain level. And so I did. I imagine that's got to be even more expounded when you're going all the way up. Definitely. Yep. Um, getting into, you mentioned some of the like knowledge based stuff. You're memorizing a thousand note cards. What's the most uh, like unusual question you were asked throughout one of those board processes?
1: Unusual. Or
0: just, you know, that that, that stuck out to you. If you had to think back on one of them. Hmm.
1: I think when it comes to unusual, it's when um, the board members ask current events, like mm-hmm. um, every board member gets a certain topic and they're required to find questions out of whatever manual that um, the topic pertains to. And for the most part, they're not trying to pick stuff to really throw you off. They're trying to pick the the general information that everyone should know um, theoretically. So. When I got asked questions from FMs or TMs or whatever, like there's nothing that really threw me off. It's when they started asking current events, because sometimes you have guys ask, or uh, members of the board would ask current events in the news, or they would ask sports current events, or they would ask something weird like personal, like just to see how you'd react. Hmm. So I guess that was probably what I dreaded the most, when the board members were able to ask their own personal question
0: versus the actual like army knowledge questions. Huh. Yeah, that's not something I would have expected to be part of that. So you, you mentioned the different echelons, and just to recap, you know, units all, it sounds like, doesn't do their processes a little bit differently up to battalion, but um, after that, was, does it go up through the unit force structure for the National Guard, or do you go to a state competition and then national, or what is that Can echelon?
1: I know that for the Guard, um, they'll start a company level, go to battalion, then they'll do brigade level and then division. And a lot of divisions count as the state level. Um, After you win the state, you go to the regionals. And we have seven regions um, that make up the National Guard. Um, So you compete within your region, and it'll have like six or seven states, people you're competing against. If you win your region, then you go to the national. So the National Guard nationals. And then if you win that, then you go to the all army. And now you're part of the other 10 MECOMs that are competing um, for, soldier or NCO of the year.
0: So all the major combatant commands send one person yes. and then you're competing against that group of people?
1: Yeah, so like uh, the National Guard sends one, or two, one soldier, one NCO. The reserves send one uh, soldier NCO and then you have all the the different commands, people from Europe, Pacific, um, all over the other 10, I forget them all, but they, oh, all, yeah, yeah. they all come together
0: and they all compete for the final. So then how was that competition, like that all army competition for you? You said it was a week long, different locations. How was, how was your experience? Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um,
1: what I liked about the competitions, even though we're competing against our competitors, like I formed some friendships that like I still am in contact with now, um, from that. So even though I'm competing against them, it was still a great time, great experience. Um, I also, just like when I, when I teach advanced leader course, we get National guard active component reserves. Like I ended up learning a lot from my students. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same type of thing at that competition. I learned a lot from other competitors uh, just because their background and experience, like what they do is so different from what I do in the guard. So it was great. It was still nerve wracking because it's like at such a high level. Um, and I, at that point, like there's a lot expected of you. So just trying to keep the nerves in check and just focus on what you've trained and do well.
0: Um, is how it turned out, so. So, talking about the mindset there a little bit, diving into that, you know, how did you prepare as you're going through those echelons, you know, both physically, but like you just said, you know, keeping keeping the nerves in check, like keeping the right mindset through the competition to keep going. Um, you know, what did you do to help set yourself up for success? Um, I think, uh, at
1: least for this year, 2019, I, I already had some experience, so I knew it was going to be a lot of studying. Um, so for there, luckily, I had a wife who was willing to ask me flashcards all the time. Um, it's always handy. Just, yeah, just trying to set the, the time aside. Luckily, where I work, uh, 1st Battalion, One Hundred Sixty Six Regiment, my uh, coworkers are very, very supportive. My leadership was very supportive of it. So they allowed me time off the block uh, instead of instructing to focus on uh, studying. They helped put together. Um, I created a... a like a one month trainer or whatever, and they were able yeah. to support that, get me on the range time, allocate ammo. Um, so having the leadership want to see me do well made a huge, huge difference. Um, when I did it the first time as just a regular M-Day soldier, I didn't have access like I do now uh, working full time. So it was a lot of trying to do things on my own, made it more difficult. Um, so having the the support chain is a really big deal. Um, I guess, uh, now,
0: how did you do, what's the, like, how, how, it, how did that change your uh, results? Like, when you competed the first time as an M-Day soldier, you know, how how far did you make it? How was so, that experience? And then how did it differ from the second time around?
1: The M-Day soldier,
0: uh, I made it to the National
1: Guard National Competition, and I placed third. Um, and so that was there were things at the national level that, looking back on hindsight 2020, I was like, I should have studied that. I wish I had access to these weapon systems. Um, to practice more and I wish I could have done more land nav, uh, but I just didn't have the facilities or resources to do that. This time around, knowing that I needed those things, I was able to, like I said, I had the support, um, the command structure to support me to get me those resources. So it made it more successful. So then this time I was able to win the National Guard competition. And when I went to all army, um, ended up placing third because bronze is a new gold is what my coworkers tell me. (laughs) but I know that if I didn't have that support chain that I did, I wouldn't have been as successful as I was. Um, just having the, the hands-on time is what's really important. And then, of course, like I said, having, having other coworkers willing to pick up slack, like if I couldn't be there because I'm in a competition. So like I, I didn't have to stress knowing I'm putting them in a difficult situation. I'm not doing my primary job. Uh, they were very supportive. They're like, no, focus on this. Like, Keep your mind focused on the actual competition.
0: Well, yeah, and you—I mean, you still went pretty far, like both times, right? I mean, I feel like there's there's only a few soldiers that in the, in the what are we at four hundred and like thirty thousand now that uh, can be like, oh yeah, I made it to the national um, right competition for, or best warrior competition for the Army National Guard. So preparing specifically for, the mindset, into going into competition. What were some of the things that you did to kind of build, that frame of reference? You know to prepare yourself in the competition itself, you know, as you're going through like a weeks long of both physical and mental events? Um, I think a lot of times
1: I would uh, reference Tim Kennedy. He's actually a National Guard soldier out in Texas, UFC fighter, mm-hmm. um, Special Forces, but I, I might mess it up, a paraphrase. His quote was, uh, your base motivation should be to train to become the hardest person someone ever has to kill um and i think in our profession at some point in time everybody will get deployed um so you had mentioned readiness like readiness is very important and being ready at all times so i use the competitions i tried to keep that that mindset that i am doing this competition um, to just make myself as lethal of a soldier as I can. Um, because of the opportunities I get in the training, like I mentioned, I get more, more range time, uh, more time to rock, more time to increase uh, you know, my physical fitness level, my, my mental sharpness, proficiency, all that stuff. I, I tried to not take any of that training for granted. Um, and when I sign up to do the competitions, like that's why I wanna do it. Cause I know that I'm gonna be able to make myself a much better soldier. Um, doing it. So I just try to keep that mindset that hey, this is what you're doing It's your your job is to try to be as lethal as you can so take advantage of every opportunity
0: Well, I mean yeah, I mean you almost bring up a point which might seem counterintuitive, but it's like you were going to the competition obviously to win, but you were going because you wanted to be a better soldier right. um, Which I feel like that has a different sort of motivation than, um I guess
1: uh, Going into it, knowing that you're not just, obviously you want to win, but taking any failure from not winning and realizing that it's still an opportunity to learn and grow. Um, So like, even though at the all army level, I only placed third, I didn't win. Like the experience that I got with it, what I learned from other soldiers, what I learned about myself during the competition, I feel like in was really a win for me anyway, to come back. Like we mentioned, to come back and share that knowledge with other soldiers um, and have that knowledge about
0: myself. Um, well, and you kind of—that was going to go into my next question, actually, which was, you know, coming out of the competition, both the first time and the second time. Like, what were some of the, you know, opportunities maybe that presented themselves or benefits that you experienced after having competed at some level?
1: I think definitely the first time I did it for the the Soldiers a year, um, the best opportunity I got was the opportunity to go to Ranger School. Um, our state wasn't sending enlisted soldiers. Uh, The state sergeant major was very happy with my performance uh, at Best Warriors. So he said, hey, whatever school you want. So I said, okay, let's go, let's go to Ranger School. And from there, having completed Ranger School opened up more opportunities for me. It gave me the opportunity. um, My division commander and sergeant major were both uh, Ranger School graduates and wanted to know why no one was competing from Pennsylvania in the Best Ranger competition. So I got a phone call uh on myself for my star major i had no idea who he was he's like do you know who i am I'm like no he's like well i'm your division star major i was like oh so i learned very quickly who he was um but he's like uh they went ahead and um asked me if i wanted to compete i Mm -hmm. said yes and from that i got the opportunity to go to airborne school uh to compete in best ranger you need to be airborne qualified our state we don't have any airborne units so Mm -hmm. they never send anybody so again that was another opportunity i got um to go to airborne school Competing in Best Ranger then got me the opportunity to work down at the Warrior Training Center at Benning, um, get on ADOS, long-term ADOS down there for three years, um, and then allowed me to still compete in Best Ranger. Um, I got lots of schooling while I was down at the Warrior Training Center. It, It was great. And again, learning, the Warrior Training Center has soldiers from all over the country to come down there. So again, it's a wealth of knowledge, different backgrounds, different experiences. So everywhere I've gone so far, like I've been able to take pieces away from it
0: because you deployed with your home unit in pennsylvania right now how does that fall like did you do that after some of the competitive events here or was that prior to that was prior to
1: that was uh 2008 deployed with the fifty sixth striker brigade um out of pennsylvania and then it was right when i got back from that is
0: when i then started to do the the soldier of the year best warrior Mm -hmm. competition so i mean it sounds like there's a lot of things that kind of just you know as you performed and like stepped outside of you know i guess your comfort zone, you know, and displaying excellence in some way. Like you it seems like there's like a lot of opportunities that started to fall in. What is a I guess that leads into a question I was thinking about for soldiers that are interested, like soldiers or NCOs that are interested in competing in these um in these competitions. What's uh you know, what would be your statement to them on like, hey, what's the big value add, both for them and their units and um well we'll just start with that.
1: Um I think uh, since I've done the insure of the year, I've been called back to help train up. Like we just had our state competition um, for this past year. And I got called to come out to kind of offer some advice and then help them on. Um, we kind of trained them up on the obstacle course, Land nav before they started. And seeing all these people, it was their first time doing it. And um, same type of thing. It was kind of an eye opener to them. Like. They've never been. Their unit hasn't been on the obstacle course before, so they didn't know how their body was going to react to heights or you know physical exertion, and they love the opportunity to test themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that should be the thing. Like, don't nobody. I haven't met anybody who's competed in Best Warrior that was upset that they did it. Like everybody is ha- happy that they've done it. Most people do it multiple times. Um, except if you make it to the all army you can only do it once so after that you're you're done but until you get if you haven't made it that far yet a lot of people come back and keep doing it um and like i said it just gives them that experience and it gives them the ability to test themselves and like i said when they go back to the units it establishes credibility with people under them so um i don't know why anybody would join the national guard just to be mediocre like you're already you chose to join the military so you must have some bone in your body that wants to excel. Like it's already, you're excelling by joining the guard. Why not continue to excel and make your career the best you can? So like one of the ways to do that is to do these, these competitions that are gonna put you, like you just said, out of your comfort zone. And so it's just a great
0: opportunity. So then for soldiers who are looking to compete, you know, they wanna take that next step. They wanna start preparing themselves. What's your advice to them? I guess across the board, both both like for the knowledge piece of it, I know we talked about it a little bit, um, but especially the physical piece of it, because I got I've got to imagine that's got to be a pretty strenuous, yes. you know, exercise. Yep. Um, our our
1: coach for best ranger, he would always say cardio, cardio, cardio. Like that's probably the biggest um, thing. I know the ACFT coming out is designed to be more well rounded. Um, it doesn't mean neglect your or cardio or your endurance like all these competitions are designed to last more than one day more than just one acft test so um not that you have to go out and run marathons but you need to condition your body to handle having to walk maybe a marathon's worth distance with a ruck on yeah. um so i would say just improving your your endurance not necessarily cardio but just improving your endurance your ability to endure um, for longer periods of time are going to make you more successful so There's always, uh, again, our our coach, um, retired star major, John Burns, he would say there's the the people for Best Ranger that do really well on day one because all they do training-wise, they'll go to the gym and they'll get a really good session for like an hour and a half and then that's it. And then they never make it to day two and day three. Same thing with these competitions. Like if all you do is just focus your time one hour in the gym, you're not going to be successful. You have to get out. You either have to run longer or throw a ruck on or go walk in the woods longer and just develop that find a way to be as resilient
0: as you can get comfortable being uncomfortable basically so speaking about the physical stuff again i know we're talking advice to sol- to others but from your experiences was there was there any moments when you were going through the competition process where you were like man i wish i would have invested a little more time and energy into some physical aspect of the competition definitely
1: um this time around uh, like I, when i did was a soldier i was single in college fun times but right now as an NCO, I'm married. I have two children, yeah. um, so there's just more on my plate to handle. So I didn't devote as much time that I wanted to, um, like rucking more or uh, or running more. Like I know that for Best Ranger, like the amount of mileage we were putting on our on ourselves with rucks on, like it was to get us ready for this. For this Best Warrior, um, I was kind of slacking. Not not really slacking. I just didn't do as much. Um, so when I got there, there were points where I was like, I wish I was doing a train up for best ranger again Just because we we had more time devoted to it mm-hmm. um, Here like trying to balance a job trying to balance uh,
0: family you just kind of cut into that a little bit so. I know uh, I was kind of going into you know right now. We're in this this weird COVID environment for a lot of people where Their gyms are closed in some places, you know, I think everything's starting to open up but for a while they were and I was gonna kind of ask you about that like for you you mentioned wanting to compete again, um, you know, if the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. How do you, what are your, what's your advice to those soldiers as they're, you know, balancing right. work, balancing all this stuff to try to maintain like a f- good physical regimen? Or do you continue to do that right now? I do. Um, I've been fortunate enough that before the COVID ever hit, like I had already Facebook
1: marketplace, bought a bunch of weights and stuff. So I had my own gym in my basement that would work out. Um, Bought a treadmill so I could work out in the winter months when the roads are bad Um, So I've been able to still train throughout. I know there's other people that don't have access to gyms Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Weight training is crucial like it is very important, but it isn't the end-all be-all like if you can't get to the weights There are ways to be imaginative on your own outside. So I would just suggest stop being a consumer Uh, Start being a producer. Find ways uh, to make it work instead of being frustrated that you can't have a gym and using that as your excuse not to train. Mm -hmm. Like find other ways to be creative outside. Um, Running you can do. Hiking you can do. Rucking you can do. Like under any pandemic conditions you can go outside and you can do that. Um, Throw more weight in the rock. Walk for longer periods of time. You know run further. There are ways to still keep yourself uh, physically fit without necessarily
0: the gym. So you do a lot of rucking then it sounds like
1: Rucking's a, rucking is a very big deal um and i don't when we do best ranger we'd have two different days that we rocked one day would be um rucking without running like we weren't allowed to run um just to get used to having the ruck on for longer periods of time and then there'd be another day where the distance would get longer but we were allowed to run so even though it's a longer distance we're kind of finishing sooner so the reason we did the both was just trying to get your body used to the fatigue the inevitable fatigue that's gonna come just from rucking like rucking sucks like i don't enjoy it like i like doing it but like i don't really enjoy it because it does suck after you know like 18 miles um it gets hard but obviously the more you do anything the more you make yourself uncomfortable
0: the more familiar you get with it have you ever done any like rucking specific competitions of like like uh baton
1: no i i've wanted to the timing there was one year one train up we were trying to get out there um for the best ranger train up we were going to try to go out there and do a team but the just the funding and timing didn't work out i think um that is something i would like to look
0: into doing though definitely yeah yeah so going into preparation then um if you were going to give like a couple pieces of advice for young soldiers or ncos that are trying to go into these competitions for the first time um you know pitfalls that you may maybe stepped into but you're like hey if i would have known this of oh what you know i would have done this differently what, what would be your advice to those soldiers um
1: i think kind of what i mentioned before get away from being a consumer um, be a producer meaning um, you might not have leadership that has ever competed in the competitions, so they don't know what to expect of it. And a soldier might be waiting in anticipation for the leadership to provide them all the training. Um, instead, I think they should be more uh, proactive and request, I, I don't know how well it would be for M day guys, but like or soldiers, request that training. like don't wait for somebody to hand the training to you. Go out there. the all the army pubs has all the publications, all the field manuals like, you can go on the computer and you can start studying that knowledge um, you can there's a lot of youtube channels um, that actually have they feel like we studied youtube for best ranger i mean we would watch youtube from past experiences to get the knowledge on it i know that there's youtube videos for best warrior same thing try to get as much knowledge as you can from uh, the internet or the fms and then be proactive in asking like hey i'm be self-aware like i don't know how to do land very well like i need to get out there in the woods Hey, Sergeant, can you please lay on some land nav training for me? That sort of thing. Like, yeah. just keep trying to get as much as you can. The worst they can do is say no. But, like, if you don't go at all and try to ask them, they might not know that you even need that you type of training. training at all. Yeah. Right. So, like, uh, I know that the, when I did soldier, you combatives, combatives. Um, we did some combatives training, but it wasn't very in-depth, and there was a combatives tournament built into the competition. Um, so I should have been more proactive. like, hey, like... I need more combative training is there any way you can get me into you know, level two you know level one level two at the time when there were the the levels um weapon systems like i should have asked hey i have an armory can i come to the armory on friday can you open the vault can you give me a, a you know a, a cruiser weapon can i play with it that sort of thing instead of i was kind of relying on my leadership to provide me the training when i should have been uh, more proactive about it and that's what i tried to apply to this year's train up um, same thing, I created a training program, National Guard Bureau, uh, reviewed it, looked at it, they blessed off on it, they're like, okay, you can do that, and was able to get the resources to do it. So that set myself and the soldier of the year, um, Specialist Olsen came up and trained
0: with me, so it helped him out a lot too. Well, that's kind of, I mean, that's, you bring up an interesting point, because I remember, like personally when I was prepping to go to ranger school, same thing, it's like, didn't have, my, didn't have hands on a lot of the weapon systems. So. I went to the armory and was like, hey, can you guys open up the vault one day right. so I can do, you know, Ranger tactical tasks all day yeah. on these uh, weapon systems before I went down there, which paid off dividends, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I feel like a little bit of training can end up going a long ways for Definitely. you. Uh, just
1: don't rely on your drill weekend to get the training in. Like You're going to have to devote, sacrifice some
0: of your personal time mm-hmm. to get the extra training in. I mean, hey, that's why there's only a few people to win, though, right? Right, that's true. Well, Sergeant Freeland, thanks so much for coming down today and sharing some of your experiences here about the best warrior competition and you know how others can prepare to be successful. Thanks for having me. <laughs> if you would like more information on any of the topics discussed today, please visit us at our social media pages in the links below. Tune in to Leaders Recon over the next few weeks as we bring in today's leaders and pioneers to discuss their experiences, share their wisdom, and help you grow as a leader. We will also be announcing opportunities for you to sharpen your skills and expand your toolbox as a member in today's Army National Guard. See you next time. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe below and leave us a five-star review. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.